Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. Bullish. I see you shining here, and I can smell a motherfucker with money. <laughs> Even Ray Charles can see you got money. <laughs> you like money, right? Money is more than material. Yeah. More than the superficial. And although it may seem magnanimous, we can make it much less than complex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cut all the big words. Let's make these dollars make sense. It's showtime. This is the Dollars and Cents Podcast with Q, Jay, and Carlisle. Money management, financial planning, raw advice. Yeah, it's pretty raw. Definitely trying to make some moves this year to talk about how we're going to change and how the global economy is being profit. You know, well, I had, I'm glad we're recording the show. I'm home before 9 p.m. Perfume, <laughs> you know, so I'm home. So I don't have to worry about a $500 ticket or a citation. So that's what we're doing. But, you know, Jay, Kala, man, how y'all been? I, I, I right here, you know, I, I, I still at the office. I hope I can avoid that. I take it. I'll, I'll, I'll run home. I'll jog home. But yeah, I'll go back to God and jog home. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I hope you get a sleeping bag in there. <laughs> yeah, I mess with that, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mess with that. Damn playing this time. But no, man, I, I get ready. I'm just trying to stay COVID-free. And stay out the way, boy. Get your vaccine, brother. You see that fire up? That that that. They even say the wiser, the wiser region this month. <laughs> well, that's good. We got a lot of options now, so that's a good thing, you know. But we got a special, we got a special show today. Um, we got one of the best and brightest young financial minds in the country, in my opinion. We have Angelo Butler. He's a CFA. He's a senior analyst at CFAL. Uh, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, he graduated from the best high school in all the world. Oh, Not I just the line. He graduated yeah. from St. Anne's. You know, he's yeah, like, Louis. 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 You know, so, yeah, my, you know, the only thing good about St. Anne's was y'all dance. That's all y'all had, the dance. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> only y'all dance You had a slam dance, look? Yeah, yeah. That's that. Which school of Kalil went to? QC, you know, they was better than us in track, so you can't really talk bad to them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but they was better at recruiting, Angelo. Let's just say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, they had more money. He used to kill you all in ball, he used to kill you all in ball, too. I don't know that, but okay, we can leave that alone. <laughs> but you know, man, like, Angelo, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man, you know. Be good, like we like you said. One of the key things that we want to do as millennials, we want to definitely put millennials in the platform and talk about personal finances, corporate finances, and just the whole international financial and global spectrum. So it's good, and I'm happy to have you on the show, Mark. And thanks for having me. I think this is a good, um, good uh, effort and, and gesture to you know continue to provide financial um, information and um, more explanation of things that you know, revolve around this financially on a daily basis. So I think this is a good um, program and I would encourage you guys to, you know, continue with it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Well, we got, I guess straight out the gate, um, we're going to come out 
fast and furious. So as you know, the cruise port is definitely on the way. Most persons go downtown, they would see that, you know, construction and they filling in the the whole, the last marina or harbor there with the sun and a lot of development is happening. And so the conversation has been in the, you know, Twitter, social media universe about share offering for the cruise port. Just want to let our listeners, I want you to inform our listeners, how can the general public or day-to-day anyone go about purchasing the cruise port shares? When would it be available? And right now, tentatively, I guess, where will they be able to get all that information and become a part or make a local investment in the local economy? Okay, so um, before I, you know, dive specifically into that, I think it'd be good to just give some sort of a brief overview of the project. Um, mm-hmm. So government has selected um, Global Ports Holdings, which is a cruise and port operator um, based in Turkey, um, the rights to operate the port for, say, the next 25 years. Um, so they have designed plans, and it's going to be a $300 million project. Um, we've already raised $150 million um, in bonds or debt for the company, and that's what's being used to, you know, make all of the changes that you're already seeing down at the port. Like you said, they're dredging the harbor so that more of the larger newer cruise ships can be accommodated. Um, they're also filling in, like you said, reclaiming some of the land um, to build a smaller harbor there as well for, like, yachts and smaller boats. Um and so the, the idea was to use debt in the beginning um, while there's significant risk in the project. You know, it's, it's not at the point where it's making its maximum revenue, um, but use that debt so that, you know, you can get the project started, get something on the ground that Bahamians can see. Um, and, you know, once they begin to see the project come to fruition, then we would go to market and raise the equity, right? Because, of course, when persons invest their equity, they want to get returns not as quickly as possible, but you don't want to be waiting, you know, on a project to be finished in, you know, five, six years. So the idea was to take out some of that risk. And now, you know, we're getting closer to the point where we're going to be issuing um, the equity in the project. So as of now, it's expected that in October, um, we're going to go to market and raise approximately $25 million um, from the Bahamian public. Um, similarly to what was done with the Arawak port, it's going to be from a bottom-up approach. And that just means the smaller investors will get their allocation first. So the minimum you'll have to subscribe is $1,000. Um, and everyone will get their $1,000 before anyone gets anything above that. Okay. All right. Um, and, th- and the goal of that is to make sure that as much payments as possible, um, get some sort of ownership stake. What type? Um, what type of returns? What type of returns y'all 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 projecting? Um. So, typically with these type of projects, um, in the first two three years, um, you know, there's not any real dividend paid. You know, you want to make sure the project gets off the ground, has sufficient capital to fund, um, its initial operations, and then you know, once the business really hits itself into success or into gear, um, thereafter you would you know begin to pay dividends. Um. Maybe projecting, you know, equity returns are anywhere from 8% and above, um, which we believe would be pretty attractive to most. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, the project um, depends on how successful the, the building is, the, you know, the marketing, the promotion, 
um, how much mm -hmm. tourists we can get here, things such mm -hmm. as, you know, how we get through this virus and so forth. But nonetheless, I, I think, you know, in the long run, this is the most busiest port in, in the Caribbean. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this project should provide good returns for the investors. Well, that's because that's interesting. So, so we're looking at us, I would say you say a thousand dollars is the minimum, so that's what ten dollars per share, right? Um, the, the price of it hasn't like oh, steep, those type of details are still being worked out. Um, okay. but the price won't really matter, you know, if it's five dollars, yeah. then you have to buy a minimum of 200 shares, but if gotcha. it's ten dollars, then you buy a minimum of a hundred. So, mm -hmm. that's not a real you know issue, right? Right, now. right. right. Okay, makes sense. So, so I, I get I, so so for me, right? Every time you turn around, you 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 see some type of development at a hotel or a port or, or something like that, right? And and I think it sparks this question of diversification in the economy. And I asked a question on Twitter the other day, and some people try to eat me alive for the question. And right, and so and so and so people people in general, and we've seen this this discussion happen from 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 pinning them times, right? This idea of, of, of being subservient in, in regards to, to tourism, right? This idea of serving, serving foreigners and bending, bending your back over for them and, and, how, and our economy being solely based around that. Um, do, you, do you think that's a, do you think we, we're too dependent on, on tourism and products and, to, and products that, that derive their value from tourism? Or should we should we be trying to diversify out of it into manufacturing and these different things? Well, I mean, anyone would say you know the the more diversified um, you are, the better it is. Um, we are dependent on tourism. Um, I know a lot of people view it as a you know a negative industry or you know this this demon that we need to. They say it's like slavery. Up. They say it's like slavery. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I think we can, we can do things to, you know, expand ownership in the sector. Um, there are a lot of opportunities for small businesses um, to provide services to the cruise lines. I, I think that's significantly, you know, undertapped. I mean, you know, we, at the end, they we're, we're an expensive um, jurisdiction, but nonetheless, you know, no one is willing to spend more money than a tourist, if you really think about it, right? You're, you, you go on vacation, as long as you are going to have a good time, and especially persons with kids, right? You can get as much money out of people with kids as possible as long as you make their children happy. And so I think if we come up with more more ideas and, and more tours um, that Bahamians can own and operate and become entrepreneurs, um, you know, we can maximize it. Now, you know, in a perfect world, we, we can diversify into things such as manufacturing, but it's not as easy as, you know, as people would say, right? As, as economies start and develop, you start off with most of your population working in agriculture, and then you move up to manufacturing. But in many cases, it's, you know, small textiles, assembling iPhones, um, things of that nature. And I don't think we can compete in that sector, per se, you know, the smaller side of manufacturing, because our minimum wage is what some people make in a day in some Asian countries. And so why would a company move? you know, manufacturing out of Asia, mm. paying someone $2 a day to come and pay a Bahamian $60, $70, $80 a day. And so that side of it, it's difficult for us to compete. Um, mm. We may be able to focus on, you know, higher end manufacturing, the assembling of cars, 
and things of that nature, I think. But even then, right, you're competing with Mexico and El Salvador and, you know, those countries where labor is significantly cheaper than there. So it'll always come back to labor. Um, one thing mm. we can do is, you know, add value to some of the raw materials we extract from here. Maybe, for example, the salt, even seeing if we can do things with sand, um, look at, you know, possibly growing wood, pine forests and, and some of this large land we have in turning that into plywood and things of that nature. With, with those mm. things being here, it would be less cost to ship those. And I think that would take away some of the expense we have on the labor side. Um, so mm. I, I think it's a holistic discussion. It's, it's not just tomorrow we start manufacturing and it's gonna turn out, you know, turn to this big industry. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Angelo, um, just pivoting back to the, the cruise port and the IPO. So from a perspective of someone, a new investor with no, with no type of financial background or understanding, just from your perspective and being so close and working inside it, would this be, uh, would you suggest this as a good initial investment? investment? Or not investment? I know we can't, we can't label this as advice, but would you recommend yeah. it as someone's first investment? I mean... You know, each person has to consider investments on their own, right? Not, not everyone has the risk appetite um, to take risks and buy an equity because, you know, the project can be successful as well as it can fail, right? Just as any other other business. Um, but I, I think overall it is a positive project. Um, it's, you know, a, a gateway to New Providence, which is the capital, um, one of the busiest gateways. In the country, and so I think even from oh, we losing them, hello, yeah, yeah. Right okay, yeah. So, even from a nationalistic perspective, I, I think it is an important um, project for everyone. Um, you know, we our plan is to go out there and give everyone the information, um, speak with them, answer their questions, and then at the end of the day, they need to decide if, if this is something that fits their goals. Um, what they're trying to achieve and so forth. So, you know, just outright, I won't tell everyone, hey, you need to be in this. No, we present the information, answer your questions, and then you, but nonetheless, I see it as a positive project for the Bahamas and a good opportunity for, you know, payments to have some sort of ownership. I agree with that. And I think overall, like you said, you said it perfectly, it's a positive project. And uh, something that definitely is, you know, the backbone and been the golden goose for our economy for so many years. But the general question would be this. Where would the general public or whatever, is there going to be, is CFAR going to be the only house or brokerage firm that's offering it? Is Royal Fidelity, Providence, like where can persons, once it's, or those details haven't been ironed out as yet on where persons can go and purchase um, these shares once available? Uh, yeah, so closer to the time, I, probably in starting next month, that's going to be a pretty significant um marketing campaign for this um you know cfal is gonna have something on their website their facebook pages giving instructions on exactly how you sign up what you will need you know your two forms of id proof of address um and then you'll have to you know wire us in funds um the brokers the other brokers generally do um accept subscriptions for their clients and then they forward those on to us okay. um, so i expect that that process will remain the same but if you're someone who doesn't have an account um, with one of the other brokers, then you would just come in and 
you know, register that under your name. Um, but like I said, it's going to be a pretty extensive marketing um, plan. I think, you know, well, I hope no one will miss it. We'll, it'll be radio, you know, television, Facebook, Instagram, um, in the newspaper as well. Um, and so over time, you should, you know, see see more information put out on it. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I, I I wanted to know, right? I I um, and this may this may be a little bit. So I, I see a lot about about inflation and stuff going on in the country, right? Um, and I wanted to know if if this investment um is do you see that a concern for 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 this port project and and just the country in general? These prices increasing, I see all in the papers. You know, um, we thought, I think Rupert Roberts was talking about how he got to increase prices on eight, eight or ten percent or something by the end of the year. Um, I don't know. Apply the cost of plywood was like thirty dollars six months ago. Now, now it's like eighty dollars for a sheet of plywood. Um, I, I just think you see price increases all all around. Um, is that is that a concern? Should we be concerned about that? And is that a concern for the project? Um. So, it. From a general perspective, I mean, you can be concerned, but, you know, it's for a country like the Bahamas, we're just a, you know, a price taker. There's not much, you know, we can really um, do in terms of controlling the cost of goods um, that we import. A lot of it is, um, well, the, the, the rate of it is due to the pandemic. And, you know, for example, like you mentioned, wood, you know, a lot of sawmills shut down. Um, in the U.S. and so forth, even in, you know, Latin America. Um, and so it, it took time for them to get back on and catch up with production, and they still haven't gotten back to, you know, how it was before COVID started. So a lot of that is just going to take some time to get its way through the system. Some of it is going to be permanent, um, you know, but, you know, inflation is just, in my opinion, a part of life, you know, central banks target 2% inflation every year. So you could you could bet uh, for the rest of your life that on average, you know, prices will go up by about 2% on average every year. Um, and, you know, you see it more in some areas than others, like things like televisions, tablets. You know, they've gotten cheaper, but education, healthcare, childcare services, those type of stuff, you know, you, you're really seeing um, inflation over a long period. Now, for the port, um, it is a concern, but the good thing about the port is um, the port makes most of its revenue by charging a fee to the cruise ship for each passenger it brings in. Mm. The, in the agreement, the port has the right to increase the fee by the inflation every mm. year. Okay. So it, it's kind of hedged against that. I mean, for you know, simplicity purposes, they may not increase it every year, but they may say every two years we're going to spread it out and so they're kind of protected from that which is another good benefit on on why you know this investment should be a good investment Mm. okay 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 yeah that's a that's a that's a great that's a great thing to put in there so it it would lose especially based on inflation but angelo my question uh my question for you more so um now if the IPO coming in the near future, that's just a great opportunity. But we also saw that throughout the pandemic, um, personal finances or persons' finances 
Some took great hit. Some took um. Some took a risk and were able to win with the whole um uprising and NFTs and what's not. What do you feel was that's it? That stood out to you the most during that pandemic. Um, I I I would say it's just just a need to to be prepared, I guess, for the worst. Um, I know a lot of persons would say, you know, there are many people who have challenges saving and. And, um, you know, the incomes are kind of stretched and they don't have a lot of room. But I think this has shown even myself, like you you, you have to be prepared for, or try to be prepared, prepared for something like this. Um, you know, when you can, when you have the opportunity to um, put something aside because, you know, rainy days will come. Um, they, they come in different forms. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest um, takeaways. I know generally we tell people try to have three to six months, but you know for some that even that wasn't enough. Um, people live, some people living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot unfortunately, of the the government did step in and provide some sort of of unemployment assistance. I'm you know surprised it's been this long, um, but I think that has also been good for for some persons. So I guess as a, as a follow-up, right? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's some mix between the two. Um, but I wanted to do you do you think that like this this difficulty in saving is simp is, is where would you put the, the well? That's that's a difficult question. But so this difficulty with saving that you mentioned, um, is it is it is it like some? Can it be chalked up to a lack of financial literacy in the country, or do you think that there's a large degree of just you know, high cost of living. Um, I'm sure there's some mix between the two, but you know, what do you, what would, you, how would you, what's your views on that? This idea of why it's so difficult to save. Um, I think there's there's some challenges um, in terms of of wages and and wages not um um keeping up. I I think we you know we should have something where minimum wage tracks inflation, or you agree that every year. Well, like I said, for simplicity, it may not be something you want a business to have to just do every year, but maybe every two years, you know, minimum wage rises to, to help people keep up. So there, there are, there's a significant percentage of the population that may simply not be able to save given, you know, how much they make versus how much it costs um, to live. I do think, though, the literacy does not hurt anyone, right? You you understanding how a credit card works can save you money or um, you know, understanding what refinancing alone means can save you money and, and save you from getting in into certain positions because a lot of people, they don't understand, you know, a lot of things they sign up for. All this is I have a lower payment. I'm making minimum payments, but if you don't understand what that means for you getting yourself out of a situation you may be in, then, you know, sometimes it compounds and it puts and people in bad situations. Right. Um, so it's a combination of both, um, and it's a much wider, wider issue to be explored. I think the University of the Bahamas did a study on, you know, what's a livable wage. Um, you know, I don't think we get there anytime soon, to be honest. Um, but, you know, there, there does need to be some sort of, of of look at increasing it to better reflect the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and I agree with that. And so, like, it just brings back, you know, the the age-old adage that I believe that from a curriculum standpoint that, you know, that financial literacy to a certain degree should be taught in high schools, 
and you know a lot more studies need to be done and i think i think that's going to be a key i think that's one of the key pillars that's needed to improve the financial literacy in the country you know and so like you know i just that's just my general view but i'm happy that you were able to share your general points on cruise port and on the diversification and also with inflation because i think it's very important moving forward that these are the type of conversations that we need moving forward to bring our generation up because the i look at it uh, there was a generational study that was done by harvard universities that you know that millennials right now is you know, possibly one of the broadest <clears throat> generations, you know, in terms of like yeah. being able to accumulate wealth and stuff. So it's definitely a bigger challenge, I believe, our generation as compared to previous generations. Yeah, I even like you said to the the school thing, right? But I think one difficulty is that you know, I remember when I was in grade twelve and you had classes like family life and the guidance counselor came in and tried to talk to you about life and you know you you kind of don't really take that serious. You know, you think yeah. it's boring. It's a time to talk to my friends. And so somehow we need to maybe get it mm. started at an early age, like primary school, um, mm-hmm. maybe grade mm. six. And, and and then you just kind of weave it. And so these things are kind of, of instinctive because, you know, if you take that for granted. If all you're going to learn it is in grade 12, you take that for granted. You come out of school, you get a job. You know, you you don't have a lot of expenses up front, and then you start, you know, falling in that consumer debt cycle. That you know, start balling before before you know it, you you're broke. You know, right? So, but do you, you do you do you think there there should be um, policies in place to kind of uh, prevent that from happening, like with with banks and and so forth, or or do you or you don't think that that those uh, though that that that's a little heavy handed in regards to legislating with I know with these banks can can be. I think the legislative side of it is is like bureaucratic. Um, I I think you need to somehow work on reducing the appetite for it, right? The consumerism and and things of that nature. Because as long as someone wants a loan, they're gonna find a way to get it, right? Um, mm. No matter how much laws there's laws now, right? That you shouldn't be able to salary deduct more than a certain okay. amount. But everyone knows how to how to work the system. And so you have people with 80, 90% of their salary being deducted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to, I don't, and I don't know how you fight it, but reduce the appetite for it, you know, get people mm-hmm. to understand that it's, it's better to sometimes save or, or, you know, get a used car versus new um, things of that nature, mm-hmm. as opposed to the government itself and central bank trying to watch every loan application to make sure that service ratio is, is in mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I agree with that. And like I said, man, um, else you want to share, Angela? Like, hey, or Jay, you got any, uh, you have other question or call out? No, I mean, he, he, he got everything for me, man. I, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, I, he, he, I'd be like, Angela touch on everything, not only from teaching at a young age, but also just, Paying attention to how loans work and what's not, man. Well, Angelo, man, you got any um any um final comments? You know, anything that you want to drop? Any little nuggets? Or anything comments? you want to leave us with? Oh, you my, slow fifty. Pardon? Say it again. You can leave me on slow fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I have the gas now, um, but 
I mean, I like I said, I think this this is a good um a good platform. I think you know um, e everyone needs to understand finance. Um, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I don't, I never liked it. I don't like it in school." But every person has to make you know financial decisions on a daily basis. Um, as simple as you know retirement, and you know even your parents, right? Some of them need help managing their money getting out of debt. So the more you as an individual um, learn about, like I say, credit cards, loans, you know, you may be able to help them say, hey, let's pay down this or let's focus on this. Um, and so I think finance is everyone's business. Investments um, is everyone's business. Just about everyone that's working has some sort of investment, right? If you work at a company that pays a pension, you should understand um, what they're investing in. Um, whether that's, you know, what you want to invest in, do you want to take more risk, um, less risk, um, you know, and, and just continue to explore ways to learn more um, about investing, whether it's, you know, cryptocurrency of late has been trendy, understand what it is, how it works, um, you know, before you dive in, make sure it's something that's safe, um, to make sure you're using reputable platforms and, and, you know, just become, I would say, more interested in, in finance and investing because you know it's it's a good way to complement your salary um and help you to get where you want to go um in life the the port like you mentioned earlier is, is you know a good means of that i i think you know i even saw where quentin on twitter um you know spoke about how the apd investment worked out for him you know and mm -hmm. so i'm open the same happens there um you know and more persons can begin to see the value of investing in, you know, yeah. and putting something aside. Yeah, I agree with that, man. You know, like I said, appreciate it, man, Angelo. Appreciate you coming on the show, letting us know, dropping a lot of jewels and a lot of nuggets. And hopefully, like I said, a lot of millennials and even other persons and other generations, um, you know, that we take this advice and use it to the best of our abilities to improve our personal finances and improve our economy and whole. So thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, man, Angelo. Thank you very much for having me.